Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. It'll be a homecoming of sorts for Mike McCarthy, the former longtime coach of the Packers, will be returning to Lambeau Field on Sunday as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Will McCarthy, who once guided the Packers to a Super Bowl championship, have a memorable return? Or will the Packers spoil his big moment? Hello, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another scintillating Packers podcast. Rob, I haven't used that for about five weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you've been bouncing around. You, you've found some new adjectives, Gary. That, that That's good work on your end. Well, good day, my man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm terrific. How are you doing? We are recording this on Tuesday. Huge day across the land. It's going to be an interesting day. Interesting. I may not week. go to bed tonight, Gary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's going to be interesting. So, uh, let's get off the uh, political talk and uh, talk about some <laughs> Packers and NFL. You, you know, Rob, this this game Sunday against the Cowboys isn't just going to be another game for Mike McCarthy. Uh, the other day during his press conference, he got quite emotional. When he was asked about going back to uh, Titletown, he talked about his wife uh, living there. His, I think, what do you say, I have two children that were born there. Obviously, he spent a lot of time there, invested a lot of his life uh, into the community. And so you, you got to know that this, again, is not just a, another game for Mike McCarthy. No, and not even close. I mean, there's a, there's a street in town named for him, obviously. You know, he head coach of the team for 13 years, Gary, people forget in the, you know, in the 99 season, he, he was there with Ray Rhodes for a year as the quarterback's coach. So he had had history in town, you know, even prior up to the time when, when, when he was named the head coach in, in 05. And, and you're right. I mean, the, he did a conference call with guys in the state yesterday, Gary, and he was pretty level-headed during that one and, and, and didn't get overly emotional. And then later on in the day, he did one with the Dallas media and uh, like, like you said, he, he teared up at one point and, and kind of had to stop. There was a large pause when, when he was at the podium, as he, as he tried to fight off the tears and he kind of tapped the podium at one point in time, you know, when he was talking about Jessica, his wife being born there uh, in green Bay, you know, kid, his kids being born there, the, the people of green Bay, et cetera, et cetera. It was, you know, Gary, that the 2019 season was was really tough for for Mike McCarthy because the family was locked into Green Bay. His wife had children from a prior marriage, and 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 just the way the you know the restrictions were with the court stuff, they, they couldn't yeah. go anywhere. They, the kids had to stay local, Gary. So that wow. meant that meant the family had to stay local. So Matt Lafleur is going 13 and three in his first season. Aaron Rodgers is kind of turning things back around again, and and Mike McCarthy's 15 minutes away watching this all unfold. <laughs> yeah. And I and know he, that's and crazy. He, and he had a couple of knee surgeries that off season, Gary, and he had to go down in the title town district to do his rehab. Mike, Mike's a heck of a good guy. He really is Gary. He, he's I, I was going to ask you that Rob. Yeah. He, because he, he, go he's, ahead. An, he's an absolute every man. He, he really is. If, if you sat with Mike McCarthy at, at a bar and had a couple of drinks, you, you wouldn't know the difference that he was an NFL head coach or, or he was a roofer or he did road construction. I mean, he, he he's like your neighbor and um, just, just at heart, really Gary, uh, just kind of a, a good guy. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I'm very happy to see the success he's having right now in Denver. Um, Dallas, or sorry, in Dallas. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's okay. We know you, man. I, 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 you, you, you can see Gary, my, my head's already, uh, Rob, you don't have to get emotional stuff. either. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I got I, Gary, I got to get locked in and, and get off the political mindset track that I'm on and get locked into our podcast. <laughs> you, you and everybody else in this but, country. But no, I mean, Gary, think about it. I mean, a, a, a year ago when the season ends, Mike McCarthy's on the hottest seat, probably in, in, in the NFL, you know, Vegas has odds when that, when the season kicks off, you know, who's the first coach to be fired and, and Mike McCarthy heads the list. And, you know, you, you, you could go and make bets. Is, is it going to be week four? Is it going to be week six? Is it going to be week eight? And, 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 you know, they, they get, they get throttled in their opener and, and lose Dak Prescott and, and things are looking remarkably bleak for, for big yeah. Mike. And, and here we are two months later and he's sitting at six and two, Gary, probably one of the top two or three teams in the NFC. What, what a remarkable league, right? And he, he's coming to green Bay where we all thought maybe coming into the, this game, you'd see a, I don't know, a six and three, a seven and two Packer team going against a, a Mike McCarthy led team on the hot seat. And, and we're going to get the complete opposite, Gary, we're going to get Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys kind of, chasing right now to be the top seed or one of the top two or three seeds in the conference and green Bay, Gary, it's, it's come full circle. When, when Mike McCarthy was fired back in the 2018 season, the Packers were four, seven and one Gary mm. um, had just lost as a 14 point favorite to Arizona. And, you know, three hours after the game, here comes Mark Murphy and he fires Mike McCarthy, right? Now we, now we fast forward about four seasons, Gary. And what do we have? We have a three and six Packer team. Matt LaFleur is not going to get fired. Let, let, let I'm not going there at yeah, all. Yeah, but, but Green, but Green Bay's back in the dumpster, and, and and it's remarkably ironic, isn't it? That things have come full circle, and here comes Mike McCarthy now, kind of riding in on his horse as one of the kings of the conference again. It's it's going to be a fascinating day at, at Lambeau Field, Gary. One one of my favorite games all time was in the '09 season when when Brett Favre had his homecoming, coming back to Green Bay. Yeah. And and he was in purple, and he let the let uh, let the Packers up that day with with four touchdown passes, and and Minnesota ran him off the field. I just I thought that was a remarkable day, just from a drama standpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we could have something similar come come Sunday afternoon when we get the return of the Mac. I, I met McCarthy a couple times, you know, when he was in Green Bay, and he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. Uh, I, I'm sure as a coach, he could be tough on people, but Hey, that that's the profession. Having said that you were around McCarthy a lot. Is there like one or two stories that, you know, you'll always remember anything that really, you know, sticks out in your mind. Well, you know, Gary, as much as anything, kind of, like I said earlier, he, he, he's just an average Joe, you know, they, he, he would hold his press conferences every day, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, roughly the same time that the locker room was open. They, and, and you kind of had to pick your poison, which one you were going to go to. Yeah. And you know, if, if you went to McCarthy, you might miss out on 20 minutes of talking to players or, you know, if, if you went to the players, then you, you obviously missed out on McCarthy and, and, you know, and, and, and he was just kind of a big lug, just kind of a joker, Gary. I remember one time he came up to me in the locker room and he goes, where the hell you been? He goes, you haven't been in any of my press conferences lately. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I said, well, number one, I said, you don't say a whole heck of a lot. 
And wow. uh, I, I, I said, I, and, and he goes, I know he goes, I do that by design, which he knows. I mean, these, yeah, these yeah. guys are smart. They know, they know what they want to give and not give media. And, and I, and I said, number two, I said, you know, I, I, you know, I missed out on all this wonderful time with, with, with Ryan Pickett, right. And Aaron Campman and <laughs> Donald driver and Jordy Nelson and, and whoever, and, you know, and he just kind of shoves me a little bit in a fun, playful way. And, you know, and, and says, I know I'm just busting your chops, Rachel, you know, stuff like that is again, kind of a simpleton, a, just a, just a, a, a guy you'd kind of play with Gary, one of your buddies, you know, that, that you'd shoot a funny yeah. text to and things like, you know, not, not this button down uptight kind of, you know, way of the NFL that, that you've seen, he, he he's kind of old school and, you know, Gary, I, I even remember his first year back in 06, you know, after they fired Mike Sherman and, and he came in and, and they signed Charles Woodson that, that off season. And he and Woodson had, you know, these kind of legendary battles early on. They, they really went at it on the practice field and there were, you know, that McCarthy loved the night practices, Gary. And a couple times after a night practice would end, he and Woodson would sit there for 20 minutes and jaw on the field and, you know, things that, you know, McCarthy didn't like that he saw from Woodson and Woodson obviously was, an eight or nine year veteran by that point in time. So he would fire back a little bit at, at McCarthy and, and then McCarthy would come up, come on over Gary and do a news briefing. And, and, and there was one time where he was really short and barking at people. And, and I think I said to him, what, Mike, what are you so mad about? And, uh, and he goes, what the hell do you care? You know, he's, he was, he's just kind of funny. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just, yeah. a, just, yeah. just, 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 just a funny guy, just kind of a simpleton back then, Gary, we don't get this access today. People, you know, I'm, I'm not crying and complaining, but people don't realize access today is far less than it was 15 or 20 years ago, two, three times a year. You know, I'd, I'd get, I'd get an annual sit down or, you know, that, that two or three times a year, I'd get a sit down with Mike McCarthy, just kind of one-on-one in his office. And he was always very, very open and honest and forthright and and really good in those exchanges, Gary. And, you know, I, I, I would sum him up, Gary, as, as a guy who, who cared un, just had a remarkable level of care for the organization, an incredible, you know, love, I would say for his players and um, you know, really just, just a good family guy too, Gary. He's a, he's one of the better ones they've had over there, Gary. I, I, I know people bashed the heck out of him those last couple of years when he and Rogers were at odds and um, you know, things kind of went South on the field, but um I'm telling you, Gary, winning a Super Bowl means a lot. It's, it's, it's hard to do. He walked into that building in, you know, January of 2006. And I, I remember one of the first two or three things that came out of his mouth were, you know, we're going to bring a world championship back to green Bay. Well, sure enough, five years later, he did it. Um, it, it it's not easy to do. You're watching that right now with, with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and this group, uh, you know, M- M- McCarthy promised on day one, Gary, he was going to win a Super Bowl. And he delivered and, yeah. and that that's hard to do. And his place in Packer history should, should absolutely be secure for a long, long, yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah. Good, good stuff. You know, um, talking about winning the Super Bowl for the Packers year, year all over this uh, statistical stuff. When's the last time the Cowboys not won a Super Bowl, but got to the Super Bowl like 30 years. Well, the last time they were there, Gary, they won. It was 95. Remember, they beat Pittsburgh oh, the, okay. year, the year before Green Bay won it in 96. So that would have been the 30th Super Bowl that Dallas won. They, so they, they so beat, ni- they it was Pittsburgh. 95. Yep, that was the Barry Switzer year, Gary. So we're talking, what, 20, 
27, 28 years. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I was in the ballpark. Yeah, okay. God, can you imagine that? I mean, if that would happen in Green Bay, <laughs> I mean, fans are going ballistic now, you know, to think that the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since since then is amazing. Well, Gary, that was about their drought, if you remember, the Packers between Super Bowl two and Super Bowl thirty one. That's a 29-year drought. And yeah. you know, the 70s and 80s were not pretty in Green Bay. Tell me you know, the about one, it. <laughs> you know, right, right. I mean, the, the one thing is Dallas typically has played winning football, you know, now nine and seven, ten and six kind of winning, but they've had very little playoff success for the for the better part of three decades. So I mean, it will be fascinating to watch the Cowboys in their season play out, Gary, because I would say even if they go 12 and five, 13 and four, whatever it turns out to be, if they lose that first round playoff game, is McCarthy in some trouble? He might be it. Yeah. Like, like I said, he's, he's riding high right now as he comes back to Lambeau field and, and really the tables have totally been turned. Matt LaFleur today is Mike McCarthy of four years ago. Right. And yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah. it's not a seat. And, 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 and in so many different ways, Gary, I mean, one of the, one of the major reasons Mike left was and, and was fired is, is because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's, how- that's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. If I yeah. would ask, if I would have asked Aaron Rodgers the same questions I, I just got done asking you, what would Aaron Rodgers say in your mind about Mike McCarthy? Well, Aaron would say all the right things on the record. First of all, let's be clear about that. Yeah, yeah right? absolutely. Yep. And 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 he'll he'll talk on McAfee later today and and he'll meet with the state media of Wisconsin on Wednesday and he'll say 500 nice things about about Mike McCarthy, but you know, Gary, one of the one of the main reasons that that relationship fell apart was, you know, Mike got really tired of Aaron changing his plates. And <laughs> boy, we haven't well, heard that, have we? Yeah. And, you know, I, re, I, now there, there were a number of reasons that, you know, that it, it yeah. really started slipping. I thought after the Super Bowl season, when, you know, the, when, when the quarterback thought he was smarter than the head coach and, and, and Gary, he might well be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not he, saying he, he's I, not, but, but, the, yeah. but there is a hierarchy in place in an organization. No and doubt. whether you feel that way or not, you know, you, you don't say some public things the way Aaron did. He's, he's always taken passive aggressive shots at, at Mike McCarthy during, you know, at, at least at the time when Mike McCarthy was the head coach, but, but Gary, you remember there was a sports illustrated article that came out right around the time of the firing. And it said, McCarthy was really at his wits end, you know, as, as the play caller, there were times McCarthy would send in the same play, you know, three, four times a game that he loved a play that he fell in love with on a Wednesday. Right. And he, and he wanted that play run at some point in time against Dallas or Chicago or Minnesota or whoever it was. And Rogers would never run the play. And there was, there was a sour mood between the two of them that, you know, it, it, it had become a competition almost between McCarthy and Rogers who could call the better play. And, and then who was going to get the credit when things went right it was more than that too, Gary. I mean, I, I, I did books on both men and, yeah. um, and inside the books for, for both people that I, I had several pages outlining how Mike McCarthy helped really reverse the, the trend that Aaron Rodgers' career was going when, when, when he came, I mean, if you remember Gary in in 05, after they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Mike Sherman and Tom Rosley, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, mm-hmm. had no interest in changing Rogers mechanics. And, and they were really screwed up after coming from, you know, the Jeff Tedford school at, at Cal. He was, he was kind of 
kind of, you know, more stationary. He was thrown up by the ear hole. There wasn't a natural fluid motion to his throw. And Mike McCarthy came in and changed it in 06. And, you know, with that quarterback school, well, you know, Mike, Mike got a lot of credit for doing that. And, and Aaron really never loved the fact, Gary, that, that McCarthy was getting that credit. And I, Aaron came up to me at one point in time and said, I, I just want you to know I'm doing that all by myself. And, uh, and I said, well, should we do a story about that? And Aaron said, well, no, that'll look stupid. And I said, okay, then let's, you know, um, but, but Aaron's on the record and Mike's on the record several times of, of saying that, that Mike really helped shape the development of Aaron's career in terms of changing his throwing mechanics, Gary. And it helped Rogers turn into a far more natural thrower of the football, which is the player you've seen here over the last 10 or 12 years. You know, the, the problem is Gary, the quarterback got too big, for, for everybody inside that organization and instead, you know, including the head coach. And, and I think we all knew, and the, and the Packers obviously knew at the time, they could go out and find 50 more Mike McCarthy's. It's hard to find another Aaron Rodgers. No and question. So Aaron no Rodgers question. became more vital and, and more imperative to the organization, Gary, than, uh, than Mike McCarthy did. And that's tricky. You see that all the time in the NBA, right? Where a, where a Kevin Durant trumps the head coach, right? Or a, you know, whoever the player is, he's, he's far more valuable. A LeBron James. In every sport. In every sport. But but it's certainly most significant, I would say, with the quarterback position or with your superstars inside the, inside the NBA, you know, maybe more so Gary than, than a major league baseball clubhouse, for example. But, uh, you know, so Obviously things had gone South Rogers and McCarthy, the, the relationship had soured. It was, it was tricky by the end when they're four, seven and one losing as a two touchdown favorite in, in, in a home game to a bad Arizona team that year. I, I still think Gary, a Super Bowl winning coach should not have been fired with a month to go in the regular season. That, that to me is always going to stink from a, from a Mark Murphy standpoint. I, 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 I thought that was a mistake. You, you know, you don't whack a guy who brought you a Super Bowl title with a month to go in the regular season, but they wanted to get a jump start on, on candidates and, and who they were going to bring in next. And, yeah, and you know what, Rob, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I remember that situation and I'm thinking, okay, if they wanted to get a jump start, they could have done it very easily behind the scenes. You know, they, they, they didn't need to go public with anything, you know? Uh, I, I thought that was kind of a cop out unless things were so bad in that locker room that, Hey, they decided, you know, Hey, we got to do something about it at that particular time. But yeah, no, I I'm on the same page with you on that topic. Yeah, no. And, and Gary, I mean, I, they were bad, but I don't, I don't think they were bad to the point where they couldn't have finished the season with, with Mike McCarthy. I mean, they, they finished a four and 12 season and, in 2005 with Mike Sherman. And, and if you remember, they, they, they fired McCarthy at about, I don't know, I think it was eight o'clock on a Sunday night after that Arizona loss. And, and they let him come back in the building on a Monday or a Tuesday. I think it might've been a Tuesday, you know, 24 or 48 hours later to, to, to address the team because when they fired him, Gary, the team was gone. Everybody had gone home and he never got to say his goodbyes right, you know, to that, right. to that 2018 team. And, and McCarthy did mean a lot to those guys. He, he had several outstanding relationships in that building so, um, no, it's, it's, it, it's going to be a fascinating day on, on Sunday. McCarthy comes in with the better football team. He'll be the favorite, you know, and, and the Packers season is hanging by a thread. You could certainly argue it's, it, it might be over after what we witnessed, uh, you know, against the lions on, on Sunday, Gary. So it's got the makings for Mike McCarthy to have a nice little revenge day. 
You know, I've I, I never considered Mike McCarthy to be a Hall of Fame caliber coach, Rob. I mean, Agreed. I've always considered him to be an excellent coach. But he did lead the Packers to a Super Bowl, which a lot of coaches have not done, okay? And here's something that really, really stood out to me. And I didn't realize this until I did some uh, prep work for this podcast the other day. But there are four coaches that have led a franchise to eight straight playoff appearances, okay? Only four in the history. Wow. Of the Get this. McCarthy is one of them, okay? You want to you want to take a guess who the other three are? So McCarthy did it from 09 to 16, correct? Yeah. All right. I'm going to guess Tom Landry. You are good. Wow. Okay. Uh, Hall of Famer. Um, I'm going to guess Belichick. Hall of Famer. You get this one right. I will buy you drinks next. <laughs> is is, is next this time. one more random? No, he, he's a he's a Hall of Fame coach too. Uh, he's retired, but uh, yeah, he, he's on that pantheon of great NFL coaches. Still I'll, living? I'll just tell you, Chuck Knoll. Ah, but can you imagine that? I, I, I was going to go. I was going to go there. Or Walsh. Well, yeah, exactly. That would have been a great guess too. I was I was trying to get get a clue out of you, Gary. Who's? <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine that Landry, Belichick, and Knoll and McCarthy? I that mean, is a fantastic stat. I didn't know it. I will work it into a story this week on McCarthy. Yeah, you know, Probably. double double and triple check that, you know, like your sources. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I, I'm 99. It makes sense, though, Gary. I mean, eight, eight in a row is a remarkable achievement. Now, it's it's a little more watered down these days when almost half the league gets into the playoffs. But, but man, you, you, you've got to have talent and good fortune. And, and in today's salary cap world, right, for agency world, that – that's incredibly hard to do. What, is, a, what, a, what a great stat. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that, I go, you got to be kidding me. You know, I mean, that you, you take it for granted, but uh, the consistency <laughs> to do that is, is remarkable. Yeah. Um, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. He's got the second most wins in Packer coaching history, too, right? Behind Lambo. Yeah, I, I believe that's correct, Gary. I yeah. mean, you take those two facts along with the fact that he's won a Super Bowl, this dude might be going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, right. who knows what happens this year even? Well, he was the second longest tenured as well, you know, obviously behind Curly. And I think – I don't have it in front of me, Gary. I think he won 125 games, though. That number sticks in my head when, when, when he was in Green Bay. And, and his winning percentage, Gary, I, I know it slipped at the end, you know, but it, but it was right up there with, with Lombardi, Holmgren, and Lambeau for quite a while. And I, I think he ended up falling behind those three guys, Gary, when it, when it was all yeah, said and done. Yeah. You know, but but there was a stretch before they obviously bottomed out and and had those rough years in seventeen and eighteen that uh, that he was right up there knocking on the door with uh, well nobody nobody was going to catch Vince Vince is way up there Gary he won like three quarters of his games but yeah. but he was right there with Holmgren and Lambo um, yeah. and you know, those guys are in the two thirds range Lombardi's like three quarters and McCarthy was right up there too Gary I I think he ended up at six twenty or six thirty or something like that when he left but uh, no I mean what 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 he did was you know, here you sh- should never be forgotten, right? Takes that eight and six team in 2010. They went six in a row and, and beat Pittsburgh in the, in the 45th Super Bowl as a, as a number six seed. Um, um, the, the odds of them, Gary, that year when they were sitting at eight and six 
of even making the playoffs were long. They had to get some help just to get in the postseason that year. If you remember the Deshaun Jackson punt return against the Giants that year, that they kind of lifted them up into the playoffs. They had to beat the Bears in in the final game of the season when when Lovey Smith said, "Screw it, I'm going to play yeah. all my guys. I'm going to try to keep Green Bay." out of the playoffs and and they almost did i mean it was a 10-3 game that the packers won that night and 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 they just stayed red hot gary that you know that that particular postseason now obviously packer fan is always going to want more they're going to look at 2011 they're going to look at 2014 they're going to look at some of these seasons and say man mccarthy should have had two or three rings rogers should have had two or three rings clay matthew should have had two or three rings but like we said it's it is dang hard to win a super bowl Gary, look, look, look at Buffalo right now, right? The, the colossal favorite in, 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 in the NFL fighting through a, a rough stretch. Patrick Mahomes has been as good as any player in the league the last five years. He's got one ring, Gary. Yeah, right? and, I know. You know I mean, it's, it is incredibly hard to, to, to win a championship. Tom Brady is the most unique cat I think we will ever see in the sport, Gary. You know, having – having seven rings and, and who knows, I I'm still not convinced that, that he's finished with seven that, you know, you, you never know with that guy that he, he could always <laughs> that, that, another one. That's but, funny. You that, brought up uh, Brady, you know, you, you think like, okay, the guy's not having a good year, you know, like, you know, father time is finally catching up to him. Do you know where he ranks in passing yards, Rob? Well, he's obviously number one, number two, number two. Oh, Oh, I thought you meant career. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking about this season. Mahomes is one and Brady is two. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I, I mean, now, it's unbelievable. He just now part of now part of that, Gary, is they run the ball about as well as you and I would run the ball. So 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 they're asking that poor 45-year-old man to throw the ball 50 times a game, which isn't which isn't conducive to winning. But uh yeah, yeah that 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 is an absolutely remarkable stat. I didn't realize he was second in the league this year. And by the way, I want to know what you're getting Mike McCarthy for his birthday this week. Did you? Yeah, run and, Matt LaFleur, and Matt Lafleur had a birthday last week, so you know, Matt. Yeah. Matt, yeah, Matt McCar- Lafleur was Matt Lafleur was funny at the podium on Monday, Gary. He he said he doesn't know McCarthy very well, but someday he'd love to sit down and have a beer with him. And I thought, man, would those two have the stories <laughs> about the quarterback, right? And, oh, and let's goodness. face it, it wouldn't be a beer. it would be several pictures it it would be multiple yes (laughs) oh it would now now mike mccarthy could handle his alcohol so that would that would that and 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 he's about three times the size well two times the size let's say of matt lafleur so that 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 would be a highly interesting get together wouldn't it yeah yeah i'd like to see that i'd like to see that one mic'd up yeah mccarthy turns 59 on thursday wow and and i'm thinking like my god how time flies 59 and like you said, I remember when he came to Green Bay as a kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, and and and, and at his initial press conference, Gary, I think he was about 42 at the time. Yeah. Does that make sense on a timeline? Oh, six. Yeah, he, he was young. Yeah. yeah. 42, no 43. I mean, he 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 was a pup. They they say nothing ages a guy like being president of the US or and I, I won't touch that one with our with our current regime, but uh, nothing ages somebody like being the president of the United States or being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, Mike Sherman put on 20 years in his six years at, at Lambeau Field and Mike, and Mike McCarthy's 13. He put on 25 years, you know, and and a few more pounds than that as well. So it's a, it's a tough job, Gary, and it, and it, and it drains you and it ages the heck out of you. 
but yeah, you're, you're right. He showed up as a pup. He had his, he had a young daughter who was about, I don't know, 12 or 14 or something at the time at, at his initial press conference with him and a little bit of family and stuff. And yeah, you think now that daughter's probably 30 years old or whatever. So it's, uh, it, 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 it it's crazy how quick it goes. Yeah. You know, I, I was uh, referring to uh, Tom Brady before, and I mentioned how maybe Father Time might have caught up with him, but uh, it seemingly hasn't. Do you think Father Time has caught up with Aaron Rodgers? And I'm not saying that he's just going to drop off the uh, face of the NFL map. But last week, Sunday, he had three passes intercepted. Uh, that, that hasn't happened in a long time, right? And uh, he blew two scoring opportunities with horrendous passes. He hasn't played all year. Are we seeing the end of Aaron Rodgers as we once knew him? Gary, every time you want to count this guy out, he gets himself off the mat. Yeah. And he, and, and, and he loves to prove people wrong. But Green Bay has had very mediocre quarterback play all season, and that's probably being nice. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, the, the three picks the other day were the first time that's happened in five years. You know, Kirby Joseph, the safety there for Detroit, got him twice. That's only the fourth time a player has picked Rodgers off multiple times, Gary, in a game in his, what, 18-year career now is, is, is what it is. That, that passer rating was 53 and a half. You know, Gary, they haven't had a five-game losing streak since 08. And, yeah. um, I mean, you're, you're talking 14 years there, and, and that was Rodgers' first year as a starter. So, again, we're, we're talking kind of full circle stuff here, aren't we, with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, much like we were with the, with the Mike McCarthy stuff. I, I, I don't want to go that far, Gary, as, as say the, the end is near. But no, I'm, not, I'm not saying the I, end is near. He could play. I think, Gary, I, I will say this. I, I think the MVP days are done. And they're paying and they're paying him to be an MVP at 50 and a half million dollars. The, the, the entire financial structure of the organization is thrown out of whack when you give one player, you know, 20% of the cap or, you know, I, I know they were able to massage that a little bit and get the number down for cap purposes, but everybody knows what the guy makes. He's at 50 million. They've given him a seat, Gary, at the big boy table. Now at Thanksgiving, he's, he moved up from the little kids table. <laughs> And, and, and he's got a say in decision-making or, or his buddy Randall Cobb wouldn't be in town and, and things like that. So he, he, he has more organizational power and control than Gary, let's face it, any player that's ever come through there. Favre never had that. Bart Starr never had that. No, no, nobody's you're saying that. Frank Tagge didn't have that. <laughs> Shockingly, Randy Wright and David Whitehurst didn't get that same uh, same level of control, Gary. You know, so, I mean, in every way, shape, and form, he is being treated like royalty. And then on the flip side, it's only fair to ask him to play like the best player in the league. And and, and that's not even close to happening, Gary. He's playing like a mid-level quarterback, you know, right now at, at, at best. Some of the throws he made the other day were, were just absolutely ridiculous and insane. And, um, you know, from, from a negative standpoint, obviously the, the throw off the helmet and then he's yelling and screaming at no one in particular, Gary, when, right. I mean, I'm, I'm saying to myself, who's this guy yelling at? Um, have just, you ever seen him do that? I certainly haven't. No, he seems like a guy who's about to go off the edge. Doesn't he? That I mean, he, he's only human though, Rob, you know, and, and I, no, I, well, yeah, you know? yeah. Yes. And no, you, you, you know what it's like, Gary, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld guy. 
Um, hey, I'm a Seinfeld guy. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 like the Serenity Now episode yeah. where. You know, where Kramer continues to say serenity now, serenity now. He, he gets it from Frank Costanza and and everything, everything around him is falling apart. Right. He's he's got the kids throwing water balloons at him on his front porch and and things like that. And and then all of a sudden Kramer snaps and <laughs> Gary, that's kind of what it was like. Rogers has been saying serenity now, I think, with this, you know, other than calling out teammates the one time on the McAfee show, he has tried to be positive. I think it, you know, at, at, at various points in time with his attitude, but you know, you know what, Rob, I think he's been incredibly positive. And I yeah. think the narrative out there is that he's ripping on his guys and he's not, I, I think well, he's tried to put Gary, things in a positive. Gary, when he started way. talking about cutting reps and things like that on the McAfee show a couple of weeks ago and, and people not playing up to the standard of Packer football, I'll tell you what though, Gary, grab a mirror, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's if anybody's true, reps he, need to be cut after Sunday, it's number 12s. Um, yeah, but you know what? He didn't point out individuals. You know what I'm saying? He kept it vague. And sometimes, you know, having been around a lot of athletes, sometimes they got to take it upon themselves to light a fire. And, and I, I saw that as a sign of leadership. I, I know most people didn't, but I did. I, I, I thought like, hey, this team needed a kick in the ass. And he was going to do it. So, well, Gary, I I didn't love it from the standpoint. Everybody in the building knew who he, who he was talking about. Yes, maybe on a, you know, maybe more on a national stage or whatever. He he didn't name names. Um, and and the guy in San Francisco or or the guy in St. Louis can't exactly figure out who he's talking about. But but I think I think everybody around these parts knew who he was talking about, and certainly everybody in the building knew. And and a couple of those were young guys who were struggling. And and I think the last thing they needed at that point in time was this, you know, soon to be 39-year-old guy calling them out publicly rather than coming up to them on a you know on a quiet Wednesday afternoon in a team meeting and putting his arm around him and giving him maybe some tough love face to face. I was never a fan of him going in that direction with that Gary. It's obviously the path he chose and, and hope the results were going to, we're going to light a fire under some people, but I, I, I didn't like that particular form of leadership, Gary. Um, I, I thought it should have been done behind closed doors. And, and, and now we're at a point, Gary, you know, if, if he followed his own advice about cutting reps for, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the guys who aren't playing at a certain standard and level, we, we have to start raising the question now. And, and, and I know a lot of people are going to think this sounds nuts, but when do they get a look now at Jordan love? Yeah. I, you I, know what? I, I, next I think week, that's the next, next question. Week we're that really has to get delve into that. Yeah. Yeah. Next week. Cause I, I, I want to see what even happens this Sunday, because I, I think that might be a really, really good topic to spend a lot of time on uh, in the next show. Are the Packers done? We both of us said last week, if they lost the lions, they were done. God, I, I hate to say that they're done because I looked at the standings again. <laughs> I mean, but on the surface, it, it, I mean, it, it, they're done. Well, they're three and six, Gary, and and look at it, right? I mean, home Dallas, really good football team. Home Tennessee, really good football team. I mean, Tennessee showed me a ton the other night, Gary. When without their quarterback, they almost knocked off the Chiefs, right? You want to. You want to talk about a team that plays with the tear on fire every single play. It, it It's the Titans. And then they go to Philadelphia. Gary, you tell me who they're going to beat out of those three. I, let's I, even give Gary, let's even give them one win. Maybe they split the home games, right? I mean, Philly's going to drub them probably 
when when they go out there against you know the only undefeated team that's left in in the league. So so even under best case scenario, Gary, that they're probably sitting there four and eight. The Bears look like a real football team again. All of a sudden, they still have to, you know, they they still have to go to Chicago. They still have to go to Miami. Gary, the schedule's tough. I don't, I I I, I don't see a path for them to get to nine wins. I mean, I they'd they'd have to close the year six and two. And I, like we said last week, Gary, if if you can't beat Detroit, I don't know who you can beat. And and for yeah. us to sit here yeah. now and say. That, that they can run off six out of eight to get to the positive side of 500 and get to nine wins, which let's be honest, it's probably going to take other than the NFC South, which might produce a divisional champ that's below 500. I, I think the rest of the conference, Gary, though, those other six teams are all going to be on the positive side of, of, of 500 when, it, when it's all said and done. And now you throw in this injury stuff that they've had. They, they, Gary, they were incredibly healthy when, when Sunday started. The only starter they were down was Devondre Campbell. I mean, they had 21 out of 22 preferred starters. Yeah. Any, any team in the National Football League would jump at that. Yeah. We know that, yeah. right? And now Rashawn Gary's going to be for the year. Eric Stokes looks like he's going to be for, for quite a while. I think Romeo Dubs will be a little while, Gary. It's, uh, you know, they had other guys beat up. Watson, Aaron Jones, Chris Barnes, et cetera, et cetera. Runyon left the game. Bakhtiari left the game. Gary, not only are they they not particularly good, which which they're obviously not. Um, not now they're beat up, and here here comes Dallas. Gary, um, Green Bay is I think they're twenty seventh or something now in points. Yeah, tw- I'm just looking it up. Twenty seventh, seventeen points a game. Gary is what this offense is scoring. Think about yeah. that. That is unbelievable. The 2011 team, Gary, that Mike McCarthy led in its heyday, scored thirty five points a game. They scored 560 points that season. This group is less than half of that. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. So now here comes Dallas, Gary. Third in points allowed, 16.6, and number one in sacks. Good luck trying <laughs> to get to 20. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they would do it, Gary. You know, um, you, you, you're talking about stats. One thing that kind of blew me away was, you know, we all know how crappy the Packers are against the run. I mean, one of the worst, right? The Cowboys, believe it or not, aren't far behind. I think they're only a couple spots in front of the Packers in, in the rankings. I mean, so, you know, you would think Green Bay was, you know, just this god-awful run defense, and they are, but so are the Cowboys, which is I, I find somewhat interesting. Any thoughts? Yeah, no, sorry. I had bumped a button there. Um, I thought you were you were out voting for the fourth time today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might take four or five votes. Um, as I, as I told you before we came on the air <laughs> anyways, no, I, but no, is that weird? Did you, did you know, no, that? I, it, I know. It, it is weird, but Dallas is outstanding against the pass. They're fourth and pass defense, Gary. Um, so is green Bay, Rob. So is, so is green Bay. Yep. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. And here the Cowboys are flying high. I mean, it all boils down to offense, of course, but it defense. does. They, they can score points. Yeah. And, green, mean, and green, the bottom line right now is Green Bay can't, Gary. Right, and, right. You know, um, Dallas even got it done with a backup quarterback for four or five weeks, and, yeah. and now Dak is back, and, the, and their young receivers are growing up. And and we, we saw a couple of weeks ago Tony Pollard's the real deal at, at running back, and so they've got a nice two-headed monster there now with him and Zeke. And they're going to score points, Gary, when it's all said and done. It's an offensive league. They're gonna, Dallas will find a way to get to 24-27 in that game, you know, I, I just wonder how can Green Bay do that? I, I, I don't know how, Gary. They're, 
There doesn't seem that they have no offensive identity right now. They went back to throwing the ball all over the, all over the yard again, the other day, rather than relying on the two good running backs again, which, which, which I thought, you know, was, is still clearly the path They're They're making uncharacteristic uh, mistakes and decisions and turnovers inside the red zone. That's obviously what killed them the other day, Oh, for four on their, on their trips to the red zone. And, and like we said, Gary Rogers is playing more, you know, more, more like a, a guy you'd see on the jets or the Colts or, um, you know, the Texans almost. And then, then he is Aaron Rodgers that, that yeah. you've, that, that, that the fan bases has come to know. And Gary, unless he really turns it around and figures it out and quits turning the ball over, um, that th- they have absolutely no chance moving forward. I, 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 I don't think it's a stretch to say the season's largely done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think it is done. I mean, it would take a miracle at, at this point, but this has been one wacky NFL season. I mean, it, it, it's been so surreal. I mean, we obviously are focusing on the Packers, but Rob, look at San Francisco. I mean, you, that was your pick for the Super Bowl. They're four and four. Okay. They, they've had an up and down season. Tampa I'm staying Bay, with them though, Gary. Huh? I'm sticking with them. Yeah, and, and especially still my think, pick. Yeah, I mean they got McCaffrey. I mean what a what a what a great catch that was, and we talked about that. But you look at Tampa Bay, another team people thought would make you know a Super Bowl run, four and five, and then you got the Rams, the Super Bowl champion, three and five. New Orleans, who some people thought would make you know a, a decent run this year, they're three and six. Arizona, three and six. I mean, I, I I've never seen. An NFL season where so many teams have underachieved. Well, and then you turn it around, Gary, too, right? And you say, who in God's creation would have thought Seattle's leading the NFC West at, at, yeah, at this yeah. point in time, right? Who yeah. who would have thought the Vikings would be sitting at, at seven and one, that, that the Giants would only have a couple of losses? Some of uh, the one of the reasons, Gary, we love this league so much, and there's a thousand of them, is there's 14 playoff teams every year. And I think when the season starts, we, we can almost say with, you know, with, with, with complete confidence, seven of those aren't going to come back the next year. It's just, right. it's just how the league right. plays itself out every yeah. single year. And it, and it, and it's fascinating to watch unfold, right? Cincinnati comes out of absolute nowhere last year. They're about to fire Zach Taylor, the previous, the previous uh, off season and they bring him back for one more year and, 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 and Joe Burrow leads them to a Super Bowl. right? Here come the jets this year. Absolutely. Out of, out of, out of nowhere. Um, who would have thought Denver would be a colossal disaster with Russell Wilson, right? Nobody, nobody would have thought that the things that we think we know in September yeah, yeah. wind up being half the time, Gary, the complete opposite by the time we get to December. Now green Bay typically doesn't fall under that arena they don't fall into that umbrella or in that category. They've been a model of consistency for the better part of 30 years here. You can almost pencil them into the playoffs every single season, which is why this year is so, yeah. so frustrating and, and remarkably bothersome. I, I think to the fan base, but uh, no, you're right. It's a, it's another wild and wacky year in the league, Gary. And I mean, even right now, I, I, I wouldn't have a lot of faith picking Super Bowl champ and, 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 and the Super Bowl represent, you know, representatives, um, because so much can still change in the next two months. I, I, I thought Buffalo was, was a lock two weeks ago and you know, not now, now the quarterback might be beat up and they've played yeah. lousy football for two weeks ago. You just, it's so fluid, Gary. You just never know. Yeah. Hey, I, I just want to go back to your, uh, 
point about the injuries, how, you know, the Packers got beat up. I, again, I, I can't remember a recent Packer game where so many good players got hurt and had to leave the game. But uh, several of those guys, as you noted, have, have had knee injuries. And as you well know, I have brought this up a few times on, on our podcast with knee injuries. What is going on in Green Bay with knee injuries? We, we talked about, you know, Bakhtiari and Jenkins and a couple other guys, Tanya, and, you know, in the past. And now you got Gary and uh, Stokes. And I don't know what's going on with Runyon's knee, but it, it, it's got to be a troubling issue. It's got to be concerning to the uh, Packer management. Yeah, I, I think just as concerning, Gary, is, you know, that that turf in Ford Field is typically yep. one of the worst in the league. And, yep. you know, the, and, and they lose six or eight players in in the course of that football game. Now, at, at some point in time, I think you'd like the league to jump in and intervene and and and, and maybe make them upgrade that field on on some levels, because that that you like you said, that was a remarkable amount of injuries the other day. I. I, Gary, I've never gone and traced it. I don't know that necessarily Green Bay has any more knee injuries than than anybody else. We we see five to ten ACLs around the league almost every week, don't we? You know, every every four or five football games seems to have an ACL on a weekly basis, Gary. And I don't know that Green Bay's got any any worse than than anybody else. We're obviously just in in the Packer bubble here. I guess Gary, all I can say is 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 these are going to be tough ones to come back from. You you lose your best player on defense, and Gary, um, I I know some people have banged on Stokes a little bit for his season. He I I still think he's a heck of a football player, Gary. They'll they'll take a major drop off for you know Matt Lafleur said on Monday, Gary he um, you know Gary's a season ender. He says he's hoping the other ones are not, but he said the one he's most worried about that could be a season ender is Stokes. So if Stokes winds up being even a month, Gary, they're, they're yeah. going to take a precipitous drop in, in the secondary. And it, it, it's going it, to, you know, Douglas will jump back outside and, and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll goof around with the slot guy, I guess, and, and figure that out here as they go. But it, it's, it's going to be tough to overcome some of those, you know, which, which again, to me raises the question, why are you throwing the ball? to a left tackle who's had four knee surgeries in the last two years <laughs> when you're down on the one yard line, right? Yeah, on a, on a yeah. crappy turf to a player with, with a bum knee that you're probably going to, you know, be lucky to, to, to get them through the season. You're throwing them the ball down on the one yard line. Gary, to me, that's, that's the strangest call that I can remember in a Packer game. I, yeah. I started Gary. I started following these guys in the late seventies when I was about six or eight years old. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember anything stranger than that, Gary. I really don't. No. Do you, do you think that, play uh, was, I, don't, I don't know do if you think do. that play was changed. <laughs> I think it was an Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah. I mean, do you think, yeah, exactly. that's not a Gary. That's not a Matt LaFleur play. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm wondering if it was because it, it's no secret. He and Bakhtiari are, are joined at the hip. Yep. I mean, and it was like, okay, he's going to throw him a bone here. But the other thing on that play, Rob, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the uh, Fox podcast. And I think Greg Olson is a really solid analyst. Yep. But, but he made this big deal about Hutchinson making this exceptional defensive play. I mean, he kept saying it over and over. And the fact of the matter is Rogers badly underthrew the ball. I mean, you know, if he would have threw another five, six yards, you know, 
and God knows if Bakhtiari is going to hold on to it. But uh, I, I couldn't believe Olsen going nuts with, with Hutchinson making that play because it wasn't that big of a play. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, the ball was badly, badly underthrown. It, it just comes back. It, it raises the question, you know, how much of a shambles is your offense in when, when that's yeah. what you're resorting to, right? At, at, at the one yard line, they, they tried to run it in a couple of times, had no success. Rogers threw the slant that got broken up at the one point in time. So now it's fourth down. You're coming off a timeout and that's what you come up with a play yeah. to your left tackle. It's yeah. I like, I, I don't know, Gary, it's, it, it's one of the more mystifying calls that, that I, that I can remember, uh, you know, out, out of a green Bay team and, in, in, since I've been following him. And, and again, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I, I think Tom Silverstein, the, the really good re- reporter at the, at the journal Sentinel uh, implied that in a story on, on Monday, that this was not a Matt LaFleur call. It was an Aaron Rodgers call. And um, he was trying to take care of his buddy. And, and, yeah. and that, that's not, that, that's not the time to do it. Gary is, is down on the goal line when you're in an absolute, let's be honest, that that was a must win game for the Packers. They've, they've got to find a way to step out of this thing. <laughs> and yeah. your season's hanging in the balance and you're throwing it to 69. I mean, come on. That that that's as crazy as I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. You know what? And, and I couldn't agree with you more on the uh, must win situation against the Lions. If you recall last week on the podcast, I was saying, hey, you know, Brian Gutekunst can find a way out of this rec- receiving dilemma that he put himself in if they were to sign Odell Beckham, okay? I'm not so sure signing Odell Beckham now is a good deal, but I don't know if you saw this, Rob. It it happened, I think, last night or or this morning. Beckham came out and said he's considering four teams, okay? Buffalo, Dallas, the Giants, and your Green Bay Packers. (laughs) No, I saw it, yep. So I'm just like, okay, do you sign him now? Personally, I would because I believe you. If if you have a talent a chance to get a talented player, you, you sign him. But it's really unfortunate if if he would have signed or still could sign with the Packers if they'd be in a better playoff situation. But right now, that they're in dire straits. Gary, why would you want to join this garbage show? I know, but right now, back. but why would he bring up the Packers? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I get it. They're still in play, and it's probably because they have shown interest in the past. And, you know, um, he was close to signing with them last year before he went to the Rams. But it's interesting, Gary. I, I was doing some, you know, follow-up stories last week after the trade deadline came and went, and I was sitting with Runyon one day, and I, I was asking him about, you know, not getting a receiver and stuff like that. And Runyon made a good point to me. He said, and, and it's a point I brought up on the podcast too, and Runyon said, this isn't like baseball, he said, with wide receiver. He's like, you don't just throw him into center field and hit him second in the lineup, right? You don't throw him in at shortstop and have him lead off the next day. He Unless said, you're, you're Milwaukee wide... Brewers. Yeah, no, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> Anybody could. <laughs> okay. Sorry. If, if you're the Brewers, Gary, you just trade your best player at the trade deadline when you're when, when you're leading the division. So, right, right. Um, and then no, you're the guy that fired him as your consultant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyway, you know, but, but, but Gary, Run, you know, Runyon said you bring in a wide receiver, it might take a month. Okay, so let's even say now, and, and, he, and he's right, there, there's a lot to learn. They might be able to throw in 
three or four plays for them or, you know, uh, two weeks in, maybe get them up to, you know, a handful of plays that are designed specifically for him, Gary, you know, play him 20 or 30 snaps or something like that. But, it, but, it, but it's not like you're, you're, you're going to add a guy who's going to play 70 snaps and, and the offense is going to revolve around him. And, you know, and, and Runyon said it could, it could take a month before this guy's up to speed and, and he's not wrong. So even let's say Gary, if they brought in Beckham tomorrow and it takes a month, now all you're looking at is you've got him for December, right? That's yeah. so if you're green Bay now too, is, is it worth it on your end? Gary, we're, we're really close to, to talking about this team and, and they'll never admit it publicly um, because it, it, it's a bad look, but, but we're almost to the point of starting to talk about where are they going to fall in the draft, right? Is, is, is it beneficial for them to win games in December or move up into that top five or top seven or top eight in the draft? If they, if they keep losing, I mean, Gary, they, they, let's be honest, they're, they're three and six. They, they could end up five and 12 when this is all said and done and get a top six or eight pick or something like that, maybe even higher. And, and maybe, maybe that's their next quarterback, Gary, you know, at, at some point in time <laughs> in that front office, well, maybe it is, you know, and, at some point in time, Gary, in that in that front office, let's say this losing streak hits eight games, right? It's at five right now. So now they've got Dallas, Tennessee, and Philly, and now you're three and nine. Yeah. Gary, I, I can promise you what I'm going to be writing about at that point in time is who are the top three quarterbacks coming out in the draft. And in Green Bay, all of a sudden, with the top five pick, can they find a way to get that kid out of Ohio State or something like that? Well, did you see uh, Campbell's comments? About love, I don't know if you caught that or not, but I did Monte, not. Devondres, yeah, he claimed no, he, he made this comment uh, again. I think it was yesterday. He he claims that love is better than some of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But I mean, which is fine. There's a lot of bad starting quarterbacks, and if if you're the Packers or you have Super Bowl aspirations, you don't want a good quarterback. You want a great quarterback. But I agree. If, if it got to that point, you seriously have to look. At, at what type of quarterback is out there. But, you know, Rob, I mean, even if the Packers, yeah, the Packers, you know, go into this free fall and, and they just have a disastrous season, I still sign Beckham. You know what? And try to get him under contract for next year, the year, you know, two years. That guy, if he's healthy, is a big, big time player. And if, and, you know, again, if it's down to these four teams, that, and all those teams are really good. It just tells you what they think of them, you know? So. Yeah. I I'm with you, Gary. The, the thing is, I don't know if he and his people want to lock in for two years somewhere. Right, I, right, what he exactly. probably wants to do is come and prove it for a month somewhere, right? Catch 23 balls over four or five games, something like that. And then try to parlay that into a, whatever, a three year, $30 million contract or something like that, yeah. rather than sell himself short right now with a, whatever, a two year, 10 million kind of contract or something like that. Uh, hey, if, if you could lock him up for the rest of this year and 2023, I'm with you, Gary. I, I think something like that makes sense. And it puts a bandaid at least on a pretty big problem at mm-hmm. this point in time. Hell, it puts a, puts a bandaid on a bullet wound, doesn't it, Gary? Um, <laughs> yeah, which precisely. is, which is what they have right now at wide yeah, receiver. Yeah. So um, no, but, but again, I just don't think that's the direction Beckham's going to want to go, Gary. Um, you know, and, and back to love and, and I know we'll spend more time over the next month or two talking about that, but, but people have to realize the Packers have a big decision to make on him coming this off season. Do they pick up that, you know, th- this is year three, Gary, he's sat and he's done nothing. Green Bay doesn't really have an idea of what they have there. Um, they're going to have to make a call 
this offseason on whether to pick up his fifth-year option or not. I can promise you Jordan Love's people this offseason are going to be, you know, yelling and screaming and probably, hey, Gary, by the time he gets to his fourth year in the league, anybody would want this. He's going to want to play next year. You know, there's and, – and the Packers are going to have to find out, Gary, if he can play or not. And the way this thing is trending – you know, again, if if it if it keeps bottoming out, if if they're four and eight, four and nine, uh, three and nine, whatever it turns out to be, um, it, it's time to look at that backup quarterback and 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 learn a lot more about if he's your guy moving forward or not. Or like we said, Gary, if if they might have to jump into the draft again and, and go find one that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rob, we have come to another end of another banner podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, say it isn't so my friend. Say it ain't so, but, uh, say it ain't so th- th- thanks for stopping by and, uh, giving us some, uh, great insight and tidbits. Uh, I loved your, uh, thoughts on McCarthy and what kind of guy he is and so forth. And what, what's your prediction for Sunday, Gary? I, I, I have given up the prediction business. <laughs> <laughs> my, my record is worse than the Packers right now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to make it a game. I think the Packers, I mean, the Cowboys are what, only three and a half point favorites or something? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in that range, three or four, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be like eight or nine or something like that. But um, you know what? I could see Rodgers having that game. You know, he, he hasn't had one this season and we've been waiting for him to have that type of game. But I, I think he might bring his A game Sunday and they'll be in it. I, whether they beat him, I don't know, but I, th- I think they'll be competitive. Yeah. What about it's you? Be fun. No, I, I, I think Dallas has too much. I, this is, you know, Rogers left the podium last week and he said this, you know, he, he said that was a team we could not lose to that team. Like he, he kept saying that team, like, yeah. It was, it was the dregs of society, right? That had just beat them. The, the, the 32nd team in, in the NFL, which is largely where the lions have been for, you know, for, mm-hmm. for more than a decade now, they're, they're just bad, a bad, bad organization. And um, I, I don't know, Gary, you know, Malafleur has tried everything. I think up to this point in time to, to try to maximize the, the talent that he has and, and the system and the scheme and, 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 and they're, they are playing hard, Gary. They're, I just don't think they're particularly good, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to, I'm going to say like 27, 17 Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it eight to 10. Sure. So anyways, well, thanks again, Rob. Good chatting with you. And uh, thanks again to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.